You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. I hope you're well. The interview subject that I have coming up for you, it's Travis Ryan. He's the singer in Cattle Decapitation. Now, the reason for the chat with him is to promote their appearances throughout February 2020 in Australia with Revocation. I'll read out some dates quickly because there's quite a few here. Very comprehensive tour, actually. Brisbane, we've got a show on Thursday, February 13th at the Brightside. On Friday the 14th, Sydney, you've got a show at the Factory Theatre. Newcastle, you've got one on Saturday the 15th at the Cambridge Hotel, a legendary Cambridge Hotel. Canberra, you've got one on Sunday the 16th at the Basement. Melbourne, of course, you get one. You get two, actually. On uh, Wednesday, February 19th at Max Watts, and there's one in Frankston, which I think is a suburb of Melbourne, somewhere near Melbourne anyway, at Pelly Bar on the Thursday the 20th. Adelaide, you've got a show Friday the 21st at Enigma Bar in Perth. Over to you, the last one. Send them out on a good note, will you? Saturday the 22nd at Amplifier Bar. So here he is, Travis Ryan from Cattle Decapitation. Hello. Hey, mate, how's things? What's going on? How's the uh, how's the old Aussie phone grind treating you, mate? Are we treating you well? Yeah, you guys are seriously... I don't know <laughs> what it is. I, I mean... Um... It's so easy talking to you guys. I don't know what the fuck is the difference between like you and like pretty much <laughs> any fucking European country. I don't know. You're just so easy to talk to. It's fucking awesome. We get that a lot. And I just think, you know, spending so much time as we do, we have to. We're forced to these days, as you bloody well know, in the sun. You know, I think, I think we just sort of, it sort of puts us in a position where we're fairly easy going. That's all I can put it down to because yeah. and, and I think and I got this theory that because the environment here is so harsh and it's brutal as you know. Like you can live in like less than five percent of the continental landmass in Australia. That's the, apparently the data that's coming back, recent data. Less I think it's yeah. less than it was probably less than four percent, you know what I mean? Not to labour the point. But we have to be nice to each other because it's such a brutal environment. You never know when you're gonna need help yourself. And I think that lends itself to why we are like this. I uh, well why why uh, and please don't take this the wrong way because I'm sure. I'm the exact same way. I'm I'm practically speaking about myself when I say this, but hmm. And I've talked to many Australians uh, Australians and they completely every single one of them that I've ever said this to has agreed that there's a there is a you guys have this like self-deprecating side to you that I love because I'm totally <laughs> the same way. You're able to to laugh at yourselves and poke fun at yourselves and your and your mates and it's all good. Mm. Like I love that because there's too many times, especially a fucking Americans, you you poke fun at them and they take it as Sensitive. all right, it's time to fight yeah. or some shit, you know. But yeah. you guys just have this awesome nature about you and i never understood where where it came from i don't really you know you know what my take on it is this might not be the answer that you 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 maybe thought you get from this one here but let me tell you i think in australia i've traveled a lot you know my wife's family are from the philippines Uh, i know how good we've got it in australia and we have it bloody good. I know we've, we've talked about how difficult the climate is and all the rest of it, but we are so far away from a lot of the bullshit that happens in other oh, parts yeah. of the world that yeah. we know how good we've got it. So we kind of feel a bit, the word isn't embarrassed, but we're very modest about how good we've got it. And I don't think anybody would ever say it in the words that I've, anybody else would ever say it in as many words that I've got, man. But I, I, I you know, I subscribe to Krishna consciousness and I, um, every night, you know, my prayer is 
I can raise two beautiful daughters here on the Gold Coast, very safe. I'm going to go swimming. After you, mate, I'm going to go swimming. And then after that, I'll take the kids down and we'll probably buy a toy from somewhere, from the to- local toy shop, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and then I'll get a cup of coffee and then I'll read the papers and then I'll think about what I'm going to do for the evening, which will probably involve some beers and Jack Daniels. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, got the coast right there, you know, the, the ocean. I, hmm. fuck, I, I uh, through my travels, especially in the middle of the United States, I talk to people that have never even been outside their city and they're my mm. age and or never seen the water seen the ocean it's just like crazy we i try not to take that shit for granted as much as possible and yeah you're also surrounded by places that are fairly cheap to go travel to it sounds like like you guys uh, do a lot of holidays and stuff yeah, we do. yeah yeah that's right yeah southeast asia philippines is on the doorstep as is thailand yeah. bali a lot of australians go to bali a lot it's a bit of a bogan paradise these days yeah. um <laughs> my, my wife is half filipino as well she's um uh... same with mine there you go whereabouts if you don't mind me asking whereabouts is your wife's uh the filipino she, side from she's she's born and uh raised basically in the states but um oh her mom was from a little island because there's, you know, how many, fuck, thousands right, of islands, thousands, right? 5,000 yeah. islands yeah. or some crazy shit just mm-hmm. in that country. Uh, but one of these little poor islands, you know, it was just a very uh, poor place. Um, and uh, Yeah, we go back to Cebu. When I say back, you know, my, my wife's mother's from Cebu. She's uh, from Lapu Lapu City. So That sounds really fucking familiar. I know she's mentioned Cebu. But then again, I also, she went out there with her family uh, a few years ago. So I think that might have been one of the places they visited. Yeah, it's um, I, I love the Philippines. It's temperatures, the weather's um, a bit more humid than here in Australia, but I, I love the people, I love the food. It doesn't cost a lot to be over there. I just love the kinship and the family. My, you know, my kids obviously having Filipino heritage just get treated as little goddesses, and it's just yeah, a beautiful That's environment. <laughs> yeah, it's just a beautiful environment to be in, man. You know, we're just we've, that's what I mean, like just being here in Australia. You know, we, we interact with people in the local, you know, globally speaking, in the local vicinity, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, man, everybody's just cool. We just, you yeah. know, we don't have the anti, and I mean this, so I, I don't believe for a moment we have the antagonisms that are in Europe, you know, with Brexit and the EU and some of the issues in the States there with, oh. um, you know, the divisive political nature of the States with the Trump thing and then the border wall thing with Mexico and all this sort of shit. We don't have that. And I know some. you might get somebody else, mate, that would completely disagree with me and say, but Manus Island, but Chris. Christmas Island, but immigration detention. But I'm talking about the volume of it. You, you know what I mean when I say that. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Everybody, everywhere has their issues, you know. And um, you just can't define an entire country by that. That's that's I think what a lot of our problem, a lot of the things we end up doing. You know, we generalize and yeah. assume, and that's not really a good thing to do. It's it's good talking to you though. Finally, I've got to tell you because I've always I've I've spoken to Carl Willits from Bolt Thrower and Memoriam about this. I, I love when, and I know you guys aren't out there out there so to speak as an activist band, but I can I can tell you've got a good heart and you're a bloke who uh, who, who cares about what's going on on the planet. That goes without saying. But I, I just love the fact that you you do have that activist approach. And I've read interviews with you, and of course there's the lyrics there with your stance on overpopulation climate change and the treatment of animals for the purposes of producing meat for human consumption all, all of these views are well known so so mate did that did that come early to you that you wanted to use extreme metal as as if you like uh it's and- echoes from my childhood or from the shit i grew up on hmm. uh, uh you know nuclear assault megadeth hmm. uh, that kind of stuff even death you know he he yeah, had a lot the of plug there you go yeah yeah, yeah. um 
songs uh, using a, a death metal approach at talking about social issues. And uh, for us, it's more about, um, obviously more about environmental issues. And a lot of it's tongue in cheek. A lot of it's uh, metaphor. A lot of it's just irony. A lot of uh, it's fantasy, but also um, it's more like reality steeped in fantasy. If you can, sure. I like to blur the lines. I don't want it to be, I, I, I fuck. One of the things, reasons why I never got into hardcore or punk necessarily was it just seemed too blatant. Like there wasn't as much art there. Yeah. For me. On the um, side. Yeah. It done. It's, it just didn't seem to be the most artistic uh, medium or whatever. Uh, I am not not saying that death metal or extreme metal is. This is probably the worst thing we could be doing <laughs> to get some sort of message out to anybody that was going to hear it. But uh, you got to talk about something. You know what I mean? Mm. It might as well be. Might as well matter. I just don't know why it's not done more often, mate, to be honest. Because between yourselves and, and Memoriam, I know there's extreme noise terror from my youth who are loved, still love. Napalm Death, you know. I mean, there, there are bands out there that have done it. But to your point, I never understood why punk and hardcore seem to own that activist side of things when... When there, to be honest, there are far more metal fans than there are probably both hardcore and punk fans combined. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you only have to go to a festival. I mean, look, there there are metal festivals. You know what I'm saying? Like download. Yeah. Predominantly ninety percent. I think there's more room in those. St- oh, this is. I don't. You know, I don't give a fuck what people think. It's just my stupid ass opinion. Don't don't listen right. to me then. <laughs> uh, but uh, if, it, if people want to get pissed, but I think punk and oh, definitely hardcore. But I, maybe the music just leaves. Uh, more to be desired so at least the the lyrics are good i, I don't know <laughs> i don't know how to put that without sounding like a moron but um right. I, I don't know I, I think sense. metal or this kind of stuff just always seemed to be more um uh interesting i think musically i i'm in the music uh, to be honest i it sounds it may sound weird coming from a dude that writes i'm responsible for all these lyrics um hmm. But to me, it's all secondary. Music is music, and music is first. And I also was a drummer before I did this band. So um, I've always been a musician. And um, while they go hand in hand, I feel like uh, music is first and foremost. So all of this stuff is totally secondary. But there's something in me that says, well, if it's going to be secondary, might as well make it about something. So it has to have a voice I never really saw it cutting through and, and almost like like to the point where I do interviews and everybody wants to talk about the themes instead of the music, mm. um, which has been the majority. I, I've straight up had to go into interviews <laughs> or albums <laughs> being like, hey, we need to start talking about the, these these guys, you know, the fucking the music the itself. musicians, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's – the lyrics wouldn't have a, a vehicle if, if it wasn't for the music, you know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it makes Weird. sense. It makes sense, but I think I think your um, your I, I understand your point completely. By the way, because I'm first and foremost a musician as well, and yeah. um, if the music wasn't there, nobody'd listen to the message. That's really important, and I think that's what you've said. What you've said there, and the music with you guys has always been. You know, I don't know whether you. It goes without saying that I don't know whether you've got this compliment before, but you guys have always reminded me of Cynic, and that's really important at the moment because we've just launched, lost Sean Reinert, you know, with the yeah. dual vocal thing that you've got going on. It's it's extreme metal, it's technical, 
but it's still very musical at the same time. And I don't think you'd have the audience you've got if it wasn't for that. Yes. So and do- a lot of that started just a few albums ago, you know. Um, mm. Personnel change. We got Dave, and uh, that opened us up to a more uh, technical, you know, breadth of work, I guess you could say. Um, well, I think you guys are getting better with, with every album, and I genuinely mean that. I followed the band for, for a number of years now, over a decade. And uh, I, I enjoyed Medium Rarities. I, I like the fact that you released that. You gave fans an opportunity to check out what was going on in the past. But then, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I didn't expect, to be quite frank, and this is not in disparaging remark in any way, but I didn't expect Death Atlas to be as strong as what it was. It's fantastic. You've oh, ma- cool. You found that midpoint between injecting just enough melody into extreme metal to make it musical, and that's so bloody hard. You know, that's what Chuck Schuldiner was on that journey when he did uh, Control Denied. And that's a really important point there because that's what expands the boundaries of extreme metal. And as you can tell, I'm an, I'm ex- I'm an extreme metal evangelist. I believe that it's a role for extreme metal and just about anybody who loves music, anybody who says they love music and they haven't gotten into extreme metal, you're one of the bands that I point to because you've got the image down pat, but then the music's definitely there as well. So so is it is it the journey that you've been on really? And I know what you're saying about the slight change in the band's sound. Has that been entirely intentional, or has that just been one of those things that's evolved as new people have come in? I mean, it's th- the easiest thing to say is, oh, it's all an evolution, but that's actually the case. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I didn't... Uh, I really didn't stop and say, you know what, I'm going to start singing all over this shit. <laughs> that didn't really happen. That uh, These melodic vocals, like screamy melodic stuff, came from... Um, hearing overtones live in a lot of the screams I was doing and then Mm -hmm. realizing, Oh shit, what if I actually made like, what if I actually hit notes? Um, and then same with the low growl stuff, the guttural stuff too. Like what if I actually hit notes doing this stuff? I don't really hear anybody doing that. You know, Mm. I'd like to do something different. I don't, I mean, what's the point in trying to sound like your peers, you know, or that's why, that's why I've always been so hard on death core. It's just like, to me, it just seemed extremely <laughs> incestuous. It just like yeah. so many bands were coming out just sounding like the last band. It happened with fucking Black Dahlia Murder. Black Dahlia Murder comes out. Next thing you know, there's five fucking Black Dahlia Murders out there. And it's just like, dude. Yeah. And where are they now? They're gone because one prevailed. They're called Black Dahlia Murder. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't really, I, you know, I don't really see the 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 sense in doing stuff exactly like um, – everybody else is doing and i think there's been a whole lot of experimentation i think people are fucking finally getting it and I, there's not even so much experimentation but just like weird avenues that that metal and extreme metal have gone like uh, for a while there i was just like i am bored as fuck with the metal world mm-hmm. and yeah, I we go through that yeah. we hit the ceiling and then boom next thing you know there's so much atmospheric stuff so much blackened doom whatever shit and <laughs> people are doing adding elements that seemingly you know shouldn't go together but they do and it's like chocolate and peanut butter and it's fucking amazing you know um yeah i I know that 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 thing like where you go yeah we're really original we played black and death thrash and it's like oh for god's sakes just kill me yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm done with that shit and i know what you're saying about when the black dahlia murder came out i'm not going to mention the other labels 
except I know for a fact Metal Blade weren't a part of this. But you know how the indies ape the majors? Like, just say Job for a Cowboy blow up or um, Black Dahlia murder blow up, and then the other indies go and get their own version of that, and then they try to push that? (laughs) Totally, totally. Yeah, I I don't get it. But, I mean, diversity is king. I think between Metal Blade and Nuclear Blast, with the greatest of respect to the other labels, if you're just stuck with those two labels, you're going to get a really wide palette of heavy metal, extreme metal through to really atmospheric stuff if you you like that sort of thing. Yeah, and Metal Blade, you know, they picked up on that. Um, Very recently even, you know, with the signing of Igor and... um, what is that dance of the dead or whatever the fuck they're called? Um, you know, they, they really, they, the president of the label walked into oh, a right. yeah, per- yeah. Yeah. Uh, show one day and was just like, what the fuck? Mm. What is this? Why are all these metal kids watching this techno stuff? You know, like what's going yeah. on here? And they realize, you know, they see that it's not just about, you know, two guitars, a bass and drums and a singer, you know, it's it, there, there's other things you could do with it. And, there's other things going on, uh, and it's going to happen with or without you. And you either jump on and and be a part of it, and you know keep a keep your label going because that's mm-hmm. uh, obviously diversity is is not going in not going anywhere. It's only going to get things are only going to get more fucked up. Look at baby metal. What the fuck is that? Look at oh, poppy. God, yeah, all this stuff. You know, l- love it or hate it. It's yeah, I, I'm, the baby metal thing. Is weird. Nobody's doing it. <laughs> yeah. The baby metal thing is is annoying. To be honest with you, I don't. Uh, I don't look. Believe me, I'm not a lefty. Okay, so I'll be clear about this. But this this whole thing about objectifying these girls dressed up like as if they're four years of age is pretty weird. To me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm um I'm right there with you on that. I'm not. Con- there's not much of a conservative bone in my body, but um I have. <laughs> have values yeah exactly that's that's the same way i feel i was like i i can't do this i'm I'm not doing this because i get what the draw is here it's these girls dressed up like as if they're four years of age or young kids like pre-teens they're yeah, not i mean the, the, the music the, the the players are insane they're incredible yeah agreed but yeah. they're also they're not the uh the focus it's it's these kids and i i personally i don't get it either but fuck uh good good luck trying to talk shit about them they just get plenty of people just handing you your ass kind of like ghost yeah yeah that's right yeah the ghost like yeah i don't get it but well i'll tell you something else that initially i didn't get but i sort of warmed to was the amount of and that they are extreme metal fans death metal black metal everybody under the broader banner of extreme metal these fans are getting into synth wave now there are these face have you seen that all the facebook pages that have been Spreading up with springing yeah, up. Yeah, that's with that? what I was just talking about. Was uh, you know, like with Metal Blade, they had the or they they real they saw this synthwave shit going on, and they were just like, "Well, what the fuck? What's happening? Like, okay, these are yes. it's here." You know, it, the guy walks into the show, and it's sold out, and there's a eight hundred metalheads there watching what sounded to him like fucking techno. You know, it's just like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. what?" Or, or a uh, uh, John Carpenter soundtrack. So yeah. I, I'm fucking stoked as a as a huge fan of electronic music um, and synth uh, synthesizers growing up with that shit, um, I am fucking on cloud nine, especially with the, this uh, emergence of 80s goth influence shit. I'm just fucking in heaven. I, I, <laughs> I love all this stuff of soft kill and drab majesty and all that kind of shit. It's cool because like I grew up uh, Sisters of Mercy and the Cure and all that stuff. And to see like, 
children. I feel if you're in your 20s, sorry, you're a kid to me, but um, <laughs> to see these kids who should not have a grasp on yeah. that. Yeah, part, sisters of mercy and shit. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Walk right in and fucking kill it and just do, but do something new with it. Like uh, there's this band Choir Boy. Um, okay. I just fucking phenomenal. I mean, jaw, the singer is jaw droppingly fucking phenomenal and i met them there they are kids they are early mid 20s and they just they fucking get it they they sound like they're from 1985 yeah and like it was recorded back then all that shit they have all the nuances all that stuff and it's just fucking amazing i i check that out now choir boy yeah yeah uh check out human leather that's the band that they were um, before they started Choir Boy. It's like their side project or whatever. Okay. I kind of like Human Leather more, but um, Human Leather and Choir Boy is like a like a more polished version of of Human Leather. But both of them are fucking awesome. Uh, and then I'm sure you're familiar with Soft Kill at this point. I'm not, man. Yeah, I've got to say I, I like the music, but it tends to be a lot of indie shit that I see people, you know, people doing themselves and posting on Facebook. So yeah, I know Perturbator and Kavinsky and a lot of the French stuff, but um, it just it's it's it seems still sorting itself out. To your point, I mean, I haven't heard Choir Boy or Human Leather, so man, I, it sounds like I've got some some catching I mean, up to do over a few there's, years there's tonight. There's not an extreme bone in it. It, it it's it's very much just 80s new wave yeah but done now done by kids and they're like i was there i was alive during all that shit i that, that's the stuff that helped uh, i'm 45 so i yeah you're uh, the I, same age as me mate i get it yeah, yeah you're coming from the same the 80s school. so you yeah. went through it too like yeah. you know I, I tears for fears all that kind of shit like uh oingo yeah. boingo and whatever um i grew up with all that stuff and that's what helped shape the melodies that are in my head and and I, there's stuff on death atlas that i was the entire time we were writing this shit i was saying dude this is very 80s to me like cool extremely 80s i was listening to, the whole time we were writing uh death atlas my main things i listened to is probably choir boy and soft kill uh his other band pleasure grave uh which is fucking phenomenal um and uh Sweet, yeah, i'm putting i'm writing these ones down man yeah dude B L E S S U R E, so it's like French for. I think it's French for a serious injury. Let's go, Grave, G R A V E. Fucking have fun with that. There's a ton of it, and it's all fucking awesome. Just very primitively recorded, uh, but the guy just sounds like it sounds like a fucking Tascam four track recording from the '80s. But Jesus, he does yeah. on a book and it's just fucking awesome dude i i don't know how these people do this shit and brilliant songwriting i wonder i wonder what it is though because you and i sound as passionate as each other about synth wave what how on earth extreme metal fans how we made that jump because most of us well a lot of us have done it and I, the, the two styles of music have nothing to do with each other and to your point about these people we can't even say it's an ageist thing because we grew up through the 80s in our childhoods in the 80s and the early 90s of course but these well, then you, you pro- saw, though, in the 90s what happened. Death metal people, I always said they they traded in their BC rich warlocks for fucking turntables. Uh, <laughs> a lot yes, of people turned to techno. Yeah. In the, you know, lo- at, least, at least where I lived. Uh, a lot of the guys that 
where our death metal brethren or, or grind, extreme grind, you know, mm. they went from napalm death to fucking Kiyoki, like, uh, and being a DJ and shit. And I, uh, I think it just happened again, but instead of turntables, it's fucking synths. Synth, and, yeah. you know, people, these kids are, these kids grew up with a fucking MacBook in their hands. Let's face it. They grew up with GarageBand in their hands. They know how to fucking record and it's, it's mind boggling. Um, you're onto and something I'm, there. Yeah extremely jealous as somebody who grew up with a having to bounce tapes back and forth on a karaoke machine <laughs> <laughs> and a couple radio shack mics um but yeah it's cool to you know i think people just need to keep their mind open you know don't close yourself off from any kind of information or or uh yeah. music no, and that definitely. goes for stuff that you don't want to see like it goes for stuff you don't want to hear stuff you don't want to see and and um you know, news you don't want to fucking hear, reality that you don't want to Yeah, that, know. that's a big deal, mate. The echo chambers that are there. I'm doing a white paper on it at uni, actually, uh, echo chambers, and that's a real issue with people, massive issue, because there are kids out there, you know, I'm, I agree with you, if you're in your 20s, you're a kid, sorry, but it's yeah. just how it is. Uh, and I'm at uni with them, and I'm 20 years older, 22 years older than most of them. And uh, all, all great people, by the way, but they're just not worldly enough to understand they're getting sucked into this vector, which is very hard to get out of, you know, just following certain accounts on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, for example. And it's mm -hmm. toxic because you need to have subversive views and opinions, certainly subversive to your opinions, to your own views, to challenge them if that's not happening. And you and I grew up with that. That's why I think people of our, hate to use this terminology, but our generation, Gen Xs, I think we're a bit more measured than the people that came before and the people. So the baby boomers had it fairly easy, let's face it. And yeah. the ones that have come after us are, are, the, are the generation, and it's bloody happening at my, my daughter's school, which I can't stand, where they're doing running races and swimming races and they're not issuing first, second, and third ribbons. They're just issuing participation ribbons to all of the kids. Yeah. I can't stand that, mate, because there are kids who aren't academic. Thankfully, my daughter's pretty good at schoolwork, but she's not a sports person by any means. But there are other kids... That's their time to shine. That's their time to be put in a pedestal in front of their peers. And you're yeah. taking that away from them. You know, and I think, I think that's the issue these days is that, yeah, people, there is a first and there is a last and there is, are people that come in between and there are people that have different opinions to you. And you know what? It's really important that you actually read a book by Noam Chomsky or anybody like that, anybody who's come beforehand and who can explain some of the vagaries of the world to you. But it, I just don't feel it's happening quickly enough because, you know, from the perspective that social media is speeding up people's brains to have these sub-30-second attention spans. Completely. You know. Have you, uh, have you got to head off, mate? I think we're probably over time. Yeah, I actually got to get my packages to the post office. I got like a half hour to do that. Um, no I, I tend to talk a lot and just ramble <laughs> on. Well, that's probably... I like, I like I, you know, that's another thing about Australians I've noticed is just it's you're easy to talk to and um converse with and i'll just keep going and going <laughs> no that's that's cool brother yeah look i'm gonna be in at the show in brisbane uh when you play i've already had a chat to dave uh from revocation about it all man i know they're looking forward to it man and we certainly are too man so you know that man you got fans down here mate and we can't wait to see you guys awesome we can't wait to be there man <laughs> okay all good brother take care all right you too take it easy man thanks mate okay You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. This indicates for the A-list online, and of course, that means I'm Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you just heard from then was Travis Ryan from the US outfit Cattle Decapitation. Thanks for listening. <laughs>